This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. You can always visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Got my buddy, Randy Winkler. Hey, Tony. How you doing? Late August, buddy. Yeah, this uh, this has been a quick year, but it's getting to fall. It's my favorite time of year. I guess we should be used to it here in the Midwest, right? I mean, the summers you blink and it's over, right? Yeah, this one seems to be especially fast. Is it going to snow soon? Or? No, hopefully not. <laughs> I can put that off for a couple of years. Would yeah, be nice. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. You all recovered from your uh, climb? Yeah, all recovered from the climb. Uh, for our new friends in uh, Grand Rapids, I had a big challenge. We teamed up with the charity and we... Me and my son climbed Grand Teton this summer, so it was quite a quite an experience. Good thing to train for, and we're kind of looking at the next goal. So, what are you thinking for next time, Everest? Uh, no, no, <laughs> certainly not ready for that. Thinking about maybe um, Whitney, Mount Whitney, uh, out west uh, next summer, and then uh, maybe there's a really incredible hike in Patagonia. It's a hundred miles over about seven days. Who knows? We'll, we'll have something on the docket. Yeah, I'll have to train with David Goggins for that one. Oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> that guy is, a, is an animal, that's for sure. He's a machine. Yeah, yeah, but uh, good stuff to train for. And, and great topic this week, uh, Randy. We're kind of, you know, I, I think every once in a while, you know, I also get the opportunity to train and teach other advisors and uh, mentor them. And sometimes they say, well, Tony, what's the number one question you get? And, and for me, it's some version of, you know, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? I think that's a commonality for most retirees or people zooming in on retirement, just feeling like, hey, have I done enough, right? Do I, you know, there, you remember the old commercial? I don't want to say the name of the company, but they have people walking around with a bubble on their head yep. and their, their number. And, and, you know, we've talked about that and we'll talk about it here in the future, but it's not so much about the number, it's about the income. And I think what a lot of people may not realize when they ask, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? What they're really asking me is, do I have the income I need to survive down market periods? Do I have the income I need to survive high inflationary periods like we're going through now? Right? Do I have the income I need if I do live long in a life where I'm not going to run out of money? Do I have the income I need to do the fun stuff, the bucket list stuff, mm-hmm. right? The more, hopefully the most important stuff in retirement. And whatever those goals and dreams are, the income to fund those. And so it really comes down to having an a income plan. And I think so many people, Randy, when, when you talk about a retirement plan, we see this all too often, you know, they show up with a portfolio and they say, here's my plan. And, and don't get me wrong, the portfolio is really important, but it's not the plan. It's part of the plan, right? Right. We think a comprehensive plan ought to have your investments squared away. And again, that's the funding source. That's mm-hmm. going to be important for us. But we need an income plan. We need to know exactly where the income's coming from, from what account, what orders, how long it's going to last. Need a plan for health care, pre-Medicare, during Medicare, later in life. We need family plan, right? Health, wellness, continuity, succession planning, and we need a forward-thinking tax plan. Once we have those five areas covered, and for us, that's what we cover in the Retirement Ready Roadmap, once we have those covered, then I think you have a comprehensive plan we can talk about. But I want to focus in on that second stop today, that income plan, because there are a lot of things that can put this to risk. 
And a lot of times, Randy, we meet some great folks that have kind of, uh, I'll say, do-it-yourselfers. They've created their yeah. own plan. And some of them come in with some pretty uh, impressive, you know, Excel spreadsheets that they've built. Um, but oftentimes they leave out two key components to that, and that's inflation and taxation, right? If you're like most Americans, the vast majority of your wealth is sitting in a pre-tax retirement account which is great, right? Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, somebody in your life said, stick everything away you can in that 401k because when you retire, you'll be in such a tiny tax bracket, you'll barely pay anything. And that's not the case for a lot of people. It might be the case for some people, but it's not always the case, especially if you flash forward to your 70s. Let's say now you're 73 or 74, 75, Maybe you're fortunate enough to have a pension. That's taxable, ordinary income rates, right? Social Security, not always taxable, but for most of us, some portion of it is going to be taxable at ordinary income tax rates. And then what happens to that big old 401k you have? Uncle Sam comes knocking, right? Because we have that IOU on there and says you have to start taking required minimum distributions, even if you don't need or want the income, right? Also taxable income. So all these income sources can push us into a higher and higher tax bracket. And then if you think back, without getting too technical and putting everyone to sleep here, if you think back to 2017 with the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, yes, that standard deduction doubled, income rates came down, income tax rates, I should say, came down. But with that doubling of the standard deduction, most of us lost the ability to do an itemized tax return. So if you're putting 10 or $20 in a basket at church or given to a charity that's important to you, most of us can't even write that off anymore. And hopefully you're still doing it out of the generosity of your heart because it's important to support those places. But we can't write that off. So oftentimes you find in your 70s, you're in a higher tax bracket right? And inflation just grows and grows and grows. I mean, think about your first tank of gas. Mine was 74 cents is what I remember. And some of the people <laughs> laughing or giggle at me and say, I paid a lot less than that, right? But, yeah. but I think these are big components, Randy, that we have to think about. And oftentimes, when we put that second set of eyes on someone's plan, it's missing. Right. Inflation and taxes, you hit it right on the nail, right on the head. That's where people usually are not factoring it in. Because for a lot of people, that's not as interesting. I mean, the stock market is very interesting. It's, you know, it's going up and down and people are watching it. But uh, I saw something the other day that cracked me up. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but one of our advisors, Jonathan Smith, he wrote on a board and we're meeting with some clients and he talked about the future taxation on 401ks and IRAs. And he wrote, some of this goes to the IRS. And if you compress that, it says theirs. <laughs> that is their money you know, that they're going to be taking. And if you've got a large account and you haven't factored that in, it's like, well, it, it changes things. So factoring that taxes in and inflation, I, I met with a new family this week and they're, we were just gathering some information. They said their home was worth about 350,000. And I was like, well, when did you buy it? Oh, in the seventies, we paid $20,000. Wow. So sometimes inflation helps, you know, but a lot of times it hurts. If you've been at the pump lately, or if you bought food, you've noticed that inflation is definitely taking a bite out of your paycheck that it didn't for many, many years when inflation was almost non-existent. And I think when you consider these numbers, Randy, and kind of creating these income plans, what we're really trying to answer is, hey, have I saved enough to generate the income? Should I live long into life and go through these various bumps that are going to happen with the economy? And, you know, I, I think oftentimes, you know, it's either non-existent, people forget to calculate that part, or they're being too optimistic, right? If we look at the last 10 years, you know, inflation was what, you know, right around, two, I think, 2.2. Two, two. Two. Yeah, I mean, it was really, really low. 
And if you're using that average, maybe that's fine long-term, but we prefer to use the 100-year average, which is about 3.3% right now. And, and yes, that's probably conservative. And I'm not talking about whether you vote with your right or left hand, but mm -hmm. I'm talking about fiscally conservative, right? But this is an area I think it's important to do that. When we create, and, and again, this is a complementary process with us, but when we create a retirement-ready roadmap for folks, we're going to use a conservative rate of return, far less than what we think we can actually perform at. We're going to use that 100-year inflation rate, right? So I'm probably going to overstate your expenses. Clients that have been with me for 10 or 15 years, when we look back at their original plan, they say, boy, oh boy, Tom, I'm not spending that much right now. But I'd rather err on having too much income need than not enough, right? So I think these are areas in both in your return on a portfolio and the inflation that are important to be conservative. So when it comes to the return, you want to be low, right? You don't want to assume an 8, 10, 12% rate of return. Yes, there are portfolios out there that perform that. You're going to be taking a very high level of risk, and you're going to be on a big roller coaster. But let, let's use a conservative rate. And when it comes to inflation, we want a higher number. Let's assume that our expenses are going to grow a little bit more aggressively than they probably will. And if we can make that plan work, then hopefully you can sleep well at night. And that's really the name of the game. Yeah, I always tell people when they question the conservative nature of our assumptions is like nobody's ever come back after 10 years and complained, hey, I've got twice as much money as I thought because I'm spending less or your assumptions were low. I said, I'd much rather have that than if somebody come back and I'm like, hey, I'm 80 and I have to go back to work. That's the conversation I don't want to have. So that conservative nature of the financial plan and, and we adjust it. As times go on, we assume a flat level of spending going up with inflation, but in reality, your spending goes through what's called the retirement smile. In the go-go years, you're spending more. In the slow-go years, you're spending less. And in the no-go years, as you approach the end of life, expenses go back up with uh, with healthcare and long-term care expenses. So Explain that level. to us, Randy. What is the go-go, slow-go, <laughs> no-go? What does that mean? Well, early in retirement, you're very active. You're spending a lot of money. You're traveling. You're gifting. You're doing all the things you couldn't do. And that can last, for some people, 20 years years, but eventually you reach the point where, you know, it's no fun getting on a plane anymore. You know, you've seen everything. Maybe you got some grandchildren you want to stick around local. Uh, maybe you just can't do it anymore because you have doctor's appointments and other things. So you have to hang around. So your expenses drop down then. But then later on in life when you've got, you know, maybe nursing home care or in-home care, depending on if you're insured for that. And that's a whole other uh, radio show there. Uh, but your expenses can go back up again. So again, in our conservative nature of our plan, if we're planning for that level, but in inflated, inflating expenses and you're actually coming in um, under that, the plan's just going to look that much better. And again, to your point, Randy, even if we don't live to age 100, I'd rather have a plan where you know you could because we never know what happens. My grandfather's a great example. My grandpa is 94. He'll be 95 next year. I was just with him at a family reunion. And he, a number of years back, sold his beautiful condo and got a very small apartment. He did his own planning, and he told me he never planned on living this long, so he ran out of assets. He needed the equity out of the condo. So really important to think about that because we can and do live longer. And there was a great article I went through here recently, Randy, that talked about how the wealthy often misjudge the, the importance of their retirement savings. And they gave a few examples. 28% of all U.S. households have an overly rosy view, thinking they're on track to maintain their standard of living, but they're actually mathematically at risk of falling short. 32% of high-income households are not worried enough about their retirement risk. 
and researchers at the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College said high-income families run the risk of having to cut back their spending substantially in retirement. And I think if you think back to the last essentially 20 years until, you know, last year or so, the booming stock market, housing markets, you know, kind of gave this wealthy illusion to affluent households that everything was just going to continue on this path. And, you know, Social Security, there's a lot of data out there, too, that people are really anticipating more of it than they'll get, right? Social Security replaces a smaller portion of annual income, especially for those wealthy households. So you have to think about that as well. So there are some challenges. These are all surmountable, but you, you have to think about it. And it really comes down to planning for it. But there's some unique challenges we need to be aware of. Right. Our advisor, Brad Allen, has a saying that I love. He said, a lot of people have a portfolio and not many people have a plan. And one of the most common things I see from new families that come in and talk to us is they, they're following the media. And the media is, is not does not have your best interest at heart. They are trying to sell advertising. They're not trying to sell you advice or a plan. So when they talk about, you know, this particular stock or the market's doing that, or what really annoys me is when they say you need $1 million to retire. Or I saw the other day, you need, I don't need $5 million to retire. That is completely meaningless. It is about your expenses. As you mentioned earlier, having an income plan to meet those expenses. If you have very low expenses or maybe you've got big social security or big pension, you might not even need a portfolio at all. If you have really incredibly high expenses, $10 million might not be enough. So sitting down and thinking about what are those expenses, what are they now, what are they going to be in retirement, putting together a plan, it's fairly easy once we crunch all the numbers to come back and say, hey, at age 100, you're going to have money left over. You can retire early. You can save less. You can spend more. Or, hey, you know what? You're running out of money a lot earlier than you think. We're going to have to make some adjustments. So just like you wouldn't, most people, I think, wouldn't say, hey, let's just jump in the car and head out on vacation. Where are you going? Well, I don't know. You have enough gas? Probably. You know, the, the media told me I needed four gallons. Like, well, that might be sufficient if you're going across town. But if you're going across country, it's not going to work. So you gotta, you have to have a plan and then work that plan. And, and I would say for most... Most people, even if the news is not what they want to hear, they feel good because now they, they know where they are. Okay, things aren't good, but I can make some changes. Walking around with your head in the sand, I don't know if you can walk and have your head in the sand at the same time, but it's not a comfortable position to be in. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers. Sign up for educational, no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. I had a, uh, many years ago, you know, we've had a radio show, on it's going to be coming up on 10 years, I think I should look it up one of these days, but we used to have a great radio show host that had been in TV and radio, and he one of my funniest sayings he used to say, he said, you know, when you stick your head in the sand, you expose a very large target. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but to your point, Randy, I, I think when it comes to retirement, and, and you know, I'm certainly empathetic. I mean, we've been doing this long enough, you meet people from all different walks of life, all different income backgrounds, but also different backgrounds when it comes to money and finances. Some families come in and one or both are very well tuned into investing, having a plan, you know, all these things that we talk about and work on. Others come in and, and they're a little bit embarrassed and they say, look, Tony, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. I stuck money away in that account, but I don't really have any clue now. 
you know, I used a target date fund or whatever the, the 401k recommended. And I don't know how any of this works. And sometimes they're embarrassed to talk about it and that's okay. I mean, when I have something break it, I call a plumber, mm -hmm. I call a carpenter. You don't want me messing around, certainly electricity, you know, right? I, you don't want me messing around with that stuff. Uh, you know, we're very good at what we do, but everybody has different expertises. So if you fall more, especially if you fall on that end of, hey, I'm not as comfortable with money, or sometimes it's as simple as you were, you know, raised in a family where you didn't talk about money. So it's kind of a taboo topic. That's okay. You're not alone. And we've worked with folks like that quite a bit. And, and it still is important to get started and not stick your head in the sand. I have kind of an icebreaker sometimes for new families that come in and they're a little nervous because they don't know what to expect. And they think we're going to be talking over their heads. And uh, I'll hear every once in a while, I'm really stupid when it comes to money. I push away from my chair and I stand up and I'm saying, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And they get this look on their face and I'm like, ignorance, I can help. Stupidity, I can't do anything with. That usually breaks the ice a little bit. They feel more comfortable. So you don't, you know, if I know how to do something, I don't have to go out and hire an expert. If I don't know how to do it, or maybe I have no interest in learning how to do it, that's when I go out and seek help. Everybody working here, we joke around how geeky we are about this stuff. We love it. This is fun for us. So come in and bring us your challenges. And it's quite often where somebody says, oh, I think I have this, oh, this really, really big challenge. I'm like, oh, that's no big deal. We've seen that probably 4,000 times and here's the solution for it. And in fact, it's kind of funny. We ran into something kind of new about a week or two ago and half the staff got really excited because, hey, it was a chance to roll up our sleeves and really dig in and figure it out and phone calls flying back. You stumped me, Randy. I, I had to, uh, I was out of town. Yeah. And I had to uh, got the kids in bed, and late at night I, I had to On do vacation. a little research, but uh, we got it figured out. Yeah, but that's that's fun for us, so don't don't stress over it. I think we I don't think we found anything that we can't uh, overcome, and most of the time the news is good. Most of the time, in fact, we've got a box of Kleenex on our on our meeting room conference room tables because quite often people have tears of joy when they find out, yeah, I am going to be fine. We're good. Everything I've done up to my life, I didn't know. Now I know having that plan, I think is such a, again, pulling your head out of the sand, you know, maybe the, maybe the view is going to be something you like. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I'd be curious, Randy, to hear what the folks that you're meeting with folks in retirement or nearing retirement, you brought up a great point on the media, right? A lot of sensational headlines. Sometimes we'll be generous and say the facts are a little blurred, <laughs> um, but you know, if you listen to the news, they're saying that inflation is curbing. You know, is that the experience? What are you hearing from your clients? What are some of their concerns around inflation? Yeah, I, I think inflation is such a buzzword that um, people don't know all of it that goes into it. So there's there's generally not too many things that are just outright bad. If you're a CD investor right now and you got your money in the bank, inflation is probably your best friend because the Fed raised interest rates to fight inflation. You're getting better rates on your uh, savings. So for your short-term bucket, your safe, your boring bucket, you've got some more opportunities there to do, you know, numbers you haven't seen probably in 30 years. You know, if you've got, uh, if you've got a new mortgage, you're probably not enjoying inflation as much. Or if you've got a credit card, it's probably really affecting you because those rates are so high. So just factoring it in and seeing, um, I think it was President Obama said, don't let a, a good crisis go to waste, something along those lines. There are opportunities there when inflation is up. There are investments that do better. There, you know, cash does better. 
you're going to be spending more on your expenses, but you have to factor that in. If you just go in and, and this is very common when somebody does a do it yourself or plan, they say, well, I, I spend a hundred thousand dollars a year and that's what I'm going to be spending for the next 40 years of retirement. Well, that's probably not going to be the case. If you look back the last 40 years, you know, things are a little bit more expensive now than they were. Um, so it's nothing to be worried about. You just have to factor it into the plan and take advantage of the advantages of inflation. People don't think of them as advantages, but there are some. Yeah, it's definitely great for savers, right? I mean, I think, you know, nobody likes, you know, you think about the mortgage rates right now, and I, I haven't looked at them this week, but I, you know, I think last I looked, they were over 7%. And, you know, that just sounds atrocious compared to what we were used to. I, you know, I just refinanced my home, I don't know, a couple of years ago at, I think it was sub 3%. But I remember my first home, I got seven and a quarter. And that was perfect credit, like the best rate you could mm -hmm. get. So when you think about it historically and prospectively, you know, it, it just sounds ugly right now for the borrowers, but it's really good for the savers because you're getting some pretty incredible guaranteed rates for people that want safe, you know, guaranteed options. Yeah. So taking a look at all of that, I was thinking back to my first mortgage was 7% and I thought that was fantastic. You know, I, you know now my mortgage now is two and a quarter. So I, I think it's funny, a, a year or two ago, one of the most common conversations we had is, should I pay off my mortgage? I, no one ever asked no, me that questions right. anymore. The answer was the same then as it is now. I'm like, no, this is really cheap money. Yeah. But now people see, hey, I'm earning twice as much on my in my savings as I'm paying on my mortgage. It becomes very clear. Yeah, that's that's pretty cheap money. It is really cheap. And, you know, for the folks out there that want to have a portion of their portfolio safe and protected, there are some great options. I had one of our clients just this week inherited some money and had substantial six figures sitting in cash because she didn't know what to do with it. And we were able to show her, frankly, a number of different options, five and over 5% guaranteed versus sitting at the bank and her bank, you know, checking account just wasn't paying much. So lots of options out there, important to talk about it, think about it, have a good advisor that's looking for those solutions to help you walk through some of these concerns. Um, but we're talking a little bit, Randy, about the importance of having a plan. You know, number one question we get, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? If you're thinking that, what you're really asking, you may not realize it or not, but what you're asking is, am I going to have the income I need throughout retirement to survive good markets, bad markets, inflationary periods, paying for all the fun stuff that we want to do? And, and there's so many things that kind of deal with that. And, and, you know, there was a great article out recently that talked about inflation being down, but it wasn't really a result. If you remember, the Inflation Reduction Act was signed into law in August of 2022. And it was really making the argument that the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't really deserve the credit because price increases have slowed over the past year. But most economists say little to none of that came from the law. Even before it was signed into the Congressional Budget Office said the impact inflation on inflation, excuse me, would be negligible. So it's great that we're seeing that curb on in inflation, but I'm not sure it's a direct result of this bill. Yeah, there was an interesting quote from President Biden. He, he said, I wish I hadn't called it that because it has less to do with re reducing inflation than it has to do with providing alternatives that generate economic growth. So it's funny when they name those acts, there's been the SECURE Act and the CARES Act and the Inflation Reduction Act. They always pack so much into those that there's different things going on. So we are seeing inflation being reduced, but not as a re result of the Inflation Reduction Act. But the you know the government and the Fed they've got a couple of levers that they can they can play with. The Fed's been you know raising the rates for a while, and that's that's slowed down inflation. 
you know, there's a lot of other factors. You know, I think uh, we're still seeing some of the effects of COVID and, you know, the manufacturing was down there. The service industry was down. So if you've certain things, like I talked to somebody who ordered a car and they were waiting for it for a year. So, Ooh. you know, that if there's, you know, supply and demand, you know, if you want to say, hey, you know, we can get that to you quicker. If you pay a little bit more, you know, that's that's inflation in a nutshell right there. So it's, it's, it's something that we have to be aware of, but I, I hope that nobody that we're working with says, well, I'm not going to take that vacation or I'm not going to buy that vacation home or, or, you know, buy the, the new refrigerator because of inflation. If we have a plan for it, you know, we may not like it, but we're prepared for it. I like how you say it, Randy. You know, sometimes I've heard clients and families come and say, Randy, you know, can I still go on vacation with inflation where it is? And you always say, I don't know. Let's ask the plan. Yeah. Right. And you go to the plan and, you, you know, we've already plugged in this higher inflationary period. We're overestimating inflation, underestimating the returns. And, you know, we can let the math do the talking, which I think is really important. But I think the great point and, and a great great thing to think about is because of these tools we have nowadays there's some really advanced math going on but i think about some of the spreadsheets i used to show and i thought boy oh boy how did anybody understand <laughs> these now it's really simple elegant easy to understand so if you're a math data nerd like myself we can really dive and we can roll up our sleeves and dive into the numbers or if you're saying, hey, I, I saved the money. I just want to know I'm going to be okay. We can keep it higher level. There's a lot of math going on in the background, but we don't have to dive into every formula if that's not your love and you're just really looking to know, hey, can I live to 80, 90, 100, keep up with inflation, taxes, still do the things I want to do, be prepared for some later in life costs like health care and, and just know that that's going to be okay. And I, I think that's really important because we all come to this topic with not not just different levels of education, but different levels of interest. Some people just don't care about it, right? And they just want to know they're okay. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And I really enjoy our process and our software when we meet with a new family and we show them in our second meeting, our analysis meeting, that I had this happen just recently. Hey, you're going to have $5 million left over factoring in growth and low expenses at age 100. And they're like, well, we're not going to make it to age 100. I'm like, well... You, but you'll be fine. But let's take a look at what happens if we retire now. Retire now? Well, that lowered it down to about having 1.5 million left over. They're like, well, I like that. I'm like, well, let's keep going. Let's increase your spending a little bit. So somebody, they walk in and they had no idea if they were going to be okay. They walked out knowing that they could be retired today with additional spending and still have enough money to, to make it uh, beyond what they expect their life expectancy to be. So it's kind of, it's like, kind of like having that uh, GPS. You don't know exactly the route that you're going to take there, but you know you're going to make it. You know, so that that's uh, that's kind of a nice feeling. And most people have never had that because, again, like we've said a few times, they have a portfolio, but not a plan. Yeah. And that's where I think things can really fall apart because the portfolio is important. It's that funding engine, but it's not the entire plan. And it's really important to, I think, acknowledge that. And oftentimes, Randy, you know, we meet a family. And they say, boy, you know, I'm really liking some of the stuff you're talking about. You're talking about things that, you know, my current advisor that he or she isn't, isn't discussing, but it's hard, right? You, you may have had been with that person for 20 or 30 years, and that can be emotionally a very difficult transition. And the, be the best way I can kind of encourage people to think about it, whether it's with us or someone else, I think it's really important to find someone who specializes in working in retirement. Because there are some very unique areas and things you need to deal with. And I think when you're in your 30s or 40s, someone who's just working on the investments, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. 
because that's the main thing you need to do at that stage of life is grow this bucket of money, right? But now that we're in retirement or zooming in on retirement, investments aren't, aren't the only chapter anymore, right? We need to think about the income plan, the family plan, the healthcare plan, the forward-looking tax planning, because all of those pieces make such a big difference. Probably one of the number one ones that we see missing is tax planning. And it's not uncommon that someone comes in and maybe we don't even change the investments, but we simply implement a tax plan and save them six figures in federal taxes over their retirement. Six figures. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's a substantial amount of money. And so sometimes the, the help comes from different areas. So long way, uh, struggling to get this out here, but a long way of saying, I think it's important at this stage of life to work with a specialist. If I have a heart incident, I'm not going to the general doctor or the doctor in the emergency room. If I broke my leg and I'm bleeding, I'm going to go to the emergency room because they know how to deal with that trauma. But if I have a heart incident, I want to find the best heart doctor specialist that I can find to make sure I'm getting that high level of care specifically on my problem. And I think at this stage in life, that's really important to have a specialist. That's a great analogy. I like that because I think in theory, anybody should be able to help you through accumulation mode. Maybe that's like the general practitioner. But when you get to that, having that heart condition or something, or in retirement, you need somebody that specializes in preservation and distribution. So it gets a lot more complicated, or in our terms, a lot more fun um, to take a look at that and just to have the expertise in the different areas, because there is so much about retirement that I know a lot of people listening is like, I'm just overwhelmed. Well, even here, there's no one on our team that knows everything. So we have areas of the team, uh, members of the team that specialize in all of the different areas, whether it's healthcare or estate planning or tax planning or investment. So coming together as a team and our our uh, famous Fridays where we uh, we get together all the advisors from all the different branches and go through cases and, and education and learn. And those are a lot of fun. And uh, all of our clients benefit from that experience. So you don't need to know all this stuff you just need to to hire the specialist that'll that'll stay on top of all this because it's not just knowing what we know today everything's going to change tomorrow and the day after and the day after and just looking back at the the inflation reduction act and the cares act and the secure act and all these different things they change we've got to go back to our clients and say okay rules are different now this is how we're taking advantage of this and or how we're mitigating that yeah really important things to consider because it, it is just that different stage of life and Although, you know, you, you certainly respect those relationships. Those are hard to change, but I, I think it's important time. And again, it doesn't, doesn't need to be with us, but that you pick yourself and pick someone who's really kind of well-versed in these areas. You brought it up earlier in the show, but we had kind of a fun situation about a week ago where we had a young client that was, you know, kind of pre 59 and a half and had different types of accounts. And we were trying to figure out how to get that person to 59 without paying the penalty. And we found a couple solutions, but it, it took putting our heads together. And, you know, we really, you mentioned our, our Fridays, you know, we really do take a different approach. I think it's common in this industry that you're Tom's client or, you know, so-and-so's client. Here at our firm, you're a client of Drake and Associates. And on Fridays, we don't take appointments, not so we can go kind of kick our feet up at the lake, but we're, we're working all day. But we spend a couple hours in the morning of training on a new topic. Then we spend some time and we look at our appointments Monday through Thursday. What, what happened with our clients? What were we up against? You know, Randy, you might say, hey, I had this situation. You know, what, what would you guys think? What should I do? And we can all put our minds together. And then we send, spend the afternoon looking forward to the next four appointments. 
What value can we bring to the table? How can we make this person's plan better? How can we better address those needs? And I think that team approach really, really does help. But when it comes to income, insurance, tax strategies, healthcare investments, legacy planning, boy, the list goes on. There's a lot of different pieces that go into a retirement-ready roadmap. And if you've been working with different financial advisors in all these areas, it might be time to start talking to a planner, someone that can really pull these pieces together. A lot of people I work with have done a great job savings. They know they need to think about taxes, strategies to preserve their income, creating a legacy plan for their loved ones. And when you work with someone who focuses on retirement, you can address all those different areas right in one plan. We're happy to help. That's a completely complimentary process. You can set up an appointment by visiting us at retirementreadyshow.com. We appreciate you tuning in to the Retirement Ready Show. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your Retirement Ready Roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.